you noticed that some of your everyday items are not always available at your local stores? Have you experienced any delays in receiving your goods through the mail or delivery services like Amazon, UPS, or FedEx? Of course you have. And sad to say, this is only the beginning. Some people are even forecasting this will go on for much of 2022. On today's episode, David and I go full throttle talking about interesting times we find ourselves in and why hundreds of container ships are sitting idle outside of ports across this country. Is your stuff adrift at sea getting old and worn out without you even being near it? The supply chain is as fragile as ever, and you're about to find out why it affects all of us. Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. chain today. We're going to do a little supply chain on this one. It should be kind of fun. Um, well, I guess I shouldn't say fun because, you know, the reality is you're dealing with goods not being able to get to you and we're getting into the season. Tis uh-huh. the season. I've got a, I've got a big list that I've got to get out. Better I've got get to get something seriously. I don't know. I, I, and you're the one that brought this to my, well, I shouldn't say you brought it to my attention. I've been hearing, you know, murmurs and things about the supply chain. And I've also noticed that there's some things that in, even in my grocery stores, and I've noticed this quite a bit recently, there's weirdest things are not on the shelves. Like what? Like rice cakes. Like of all the things, like, and not just a rate, like I can get caramel corn, I can get apple, I can get all the shit that's bad for you. Uh-huh. But when it comes to like the lightly salted version, couldn't find them. And I know there's people out there who are like, oh my God, you're seriously talking about rice cakes right now? But it's these types of things. And go into Costco, right? We've got a Costco just down the street from office here. Go in and usually that thing is stacked to the rafters with just shit. You know, they've got exercise bikes for days. They've got televisions. You go in there now. I went in there a couple weeks ago and it it was so eerie because I looked up and the shelves were bare. And I right? was thinking to myself, where is this shit? And then you happen to send me an article. I'm like, I know where it is. It's down in off the coast of Los Angeles yeah, or off the port of yeah, Savannah. Like yeah. it's so insane to me. So let's talk a little bit about supply chains and when we think it'll be fixed and what they're saying about it and all these other sorts of things. So what do you think? Well, so it's a it's a it's a really interesting problem. Um, the my understanding is that that it's a lot of things that's causing this, right? So, COVID, people being shut down all over the world from being able to do their jobs. Um, you know, you mean you can't even you have to you also have to consider how many people have died. I mean, that's got right. to affect things sure. to some degree. Um, however, there. You know, it 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 causes disruptions here and there, and those disruptions, if they're not fixed rapidly, we don't realize just how complicated they are within the supply chain of of everything. But there's something that people just aren't realizing, and that's that our workforce is is quitting in droves. Huge people are numbers. not going back to work, and people are actually quitting and walking away. And it was one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this because how long is this supply chain thing going to go on? I think we haven't even begun to see the beginning of it, to be honest. Yeah, that's scary. (laughs) Number one, like COVID's not over. 
we're in a we're I think we're like in the bottom of one of those waves. Europe is is getting hit really hard again. right now. They think it's going to come again. back over to the states. They're talking about lockdowns again in in England, like really weird. Like I just I think like we we haven't seen the end of it. I people like if you go out on the streets, you wouldn't know that there ever was a virus today. I mean, it's like people are out everywhere. I mean, everywhere I go, there's just everything is flooded with people. You wouldn't people get this mentality like it's over, but I don't think that we're anywhere near sure. that being over. So there's going to be disruptions because of that. However, there's some there's this is what I wanted to talk about because I think this is what's this is something that's really fascinating. So as I've been watching people, uh I it was either August or September the they reported that there were 4.3 million people that just left work. They didn't. They did not go back to work. Uh, and there's more people every year, every month. They're walking away. For wrap your head around that number. 4.3. 4.3 million. I'm looking at it right now. 10.4 million job openings in August, yeah. and it said the quit. The number of quit rate. 4.3 million people yeah, yeah. left the workforce. Yeah. How is that even possible? So I know I know a lot of business people, right? I have a lot of friends that are in business, right. all different kinds of business. And I consistently hear, we can't find good people. Like, we can't find people. I, I just got this morning, uh, somebody who is uh, who we both know uh, was looking for people to work for a podcast. Can't find anybody. Really? Yeah, really. With all these, uh, what, are, really? what are these people doing? Just... There's nobody to hire. Like he, he's looking for people oh to hire. There's, there's not, the, there's not the abundance of people that are out there taking jobs. Right. Which is what, what if like if you do listen to the news, they're not, they're not pounding it, but you hear it enough that there is a real depletion of the workforce and people are having a trouble hiring good people. Um. So, so, so this is. This is what I this is something that I find very interesting. So I got thinking about this. And I was thinking, you know something? We have a situation that because of this virus probably never would have happened. And here's here is something that I know that's happened because I've actually talked to people about it. You have all these people that got basically locked down from this virus when it first happened. Many people were forced to stay at home. Millions of people. Right. Right? So people that have jobs that normally go to work. So you have these people staying home, and they, they got to experience something that they probably would have never experienced before, and that's the fact that their entire world did not fall apart because they didn't go to work. Now, I'm not saying there were people that have hardships. There are people that lost their businesses. Restaurant owners really took it in the ass bad over this, like it was not a good thing. Um, However, people realizing that they are, their world is not going to fall apart because they're not working for somebody else also gave them the opportunity to do, to do something very different. In today's day and age, which, because I had, I had repeatedly said, could you imagine if this had happened 40 years ago before we didn't have the internet, like what, what it would have been like? Our business would have been in real trouble. Right. Because... The only way to do our business 40 years ago would be have live seminars, you know, and maybe the telephone, like you sure. could talk to people over the phone, but you couldn't do the Zoom meetings and stuff that we did 40 yeah. years ago. So technology did something for people that was pretty amazing. And what it did was it allowed people to figure out ways to make other money. And not only from 
the educational perspective because the internet gives us such a vast supply of, of information that's out there. We can look things up. We can learn much faster. We can find out things that would have taken maybe a decade to reach us uh, not that long ago. We can have it instantaneously now. <clears throat> so like the idea of people having side hustles and stuff like this, People found all different kinds of ways that they could make money, and they could do it in ways like between the government's help and doing what they were doing. They were finding ways to make money on their own. So now you have people that are like, oh, I don't have to go get a job. I can figure out how to do this without going to work for somebody that I don't like. People actually found out that they could make more money at home than they could working for some of the people that they were working for. You'd have never, this would have never happened no, if right. it wasn't for the, the idea that people got forced to stay at home. It wouldn't have happened. Nobody, you, because what it did was, is it removed the fear. <clears throat> See, the fear and the lie, the, one of the things that I've always talked about in our industry is that the reason, the reason so many people do jobs, spend their life working in jobs that they don't like, and in many cases with people that they don't like, is because there's a deep-seated belief that they have to. And that happened over multiple generations. You know, back, if you think about the, the big promise that came out of uh, after World War II, we had this explosion, you know, uh, in, in, in good times. You know, there was mass production. Uh, technology was advancing. People were, were having it. Everybody could buy a toaster. You know, like it was, right. it, everybody can get a washing machine. It was, it was different. It was a very different time in our history. It took off really big. And because it did that, it opened the door for a flood of jobs for people to be able to go in all different kinds of industries and be able to work. And there was like this unspoken promise. If you give us loyalty, we'll give you security. But the, but the companies could never give anybody security, right? So, but what people did do was they gave them loyalty. And the loyalty was that we think we have to have this job. You got to remember, so before World War II, we were coming out of a depression. And it was a bad depression, right? Sure. So a lot of people suffered during that depression in, in, in really, really bad ways. And then you had the Dust Bowl years. I mean, it was there was some really hard times between World War One and World War Two. It wasn't just all the roaring 20s. I mean, there was some rough times in there. Then we go into World War II, we come out, and there's this explosion of business. Uh, the world is taking off. You have the baby boomers, right? People are having babies in record numbers. So, like, um, it, things are growing in a, in a really great way, but there's a false sense of abundance that happens because people think, well, that's going to be this way forever. And the idea that a person could go to work for 20, 30-plus years for one company, get a really great pension, and come out, that only existed probably from like 1950 until maybe the late 80s, early 90s. I mean, a very, very short window that that ever was, was real in history, except it wasn't real. It was an illusion. It was just a period in time where companies could stay in business that long. People stayed working for the same thing that long. And that's what they thought that they were supposed to do. And then, you know, they retired. But what did they do? They taught their kids that. So you've got the kids, which is you, you and I. Yeah, right? sure. That, that's yeah. our generation. Right, 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 right. We come out of those folks, 
And we're raised with the idea, oh, you're supposed to go to school and get a job. You went to go be a teacher, yes. right? I didn't quit school, so I went to be a driver forklift. Right. <clears throat> but then, you know, we started thinking we could do something different. We don't have to do this. Maybe there's something else that we would like to do, which is what we do now. But most people didn't. As the computer age expands, what that does is it allows technology to expand. It allows opportunity to expand with that technology because now a person can have a business just running it off their computer in their house with all different kinds of things. And then you have this amazing event that is both bad, it's really bad. I mean, COVID's not a good thing, but one of the things that came out of it that was good was that for many people, it crushed this illusion that they have to go to work for somebody else. And now they're figuring out ways to do it on their own. And more and more people are figuring out how to do this. And they're, they're like, why should I go back to work? They can't pay me as much as I can make at home. And they can't. There's no way that they can so you have people that want to make more money, and, and of course, there's a lot of people that they don't even like what they do. They're not going back to work. They're figuring out how to do it at home. They're figuring out how to open their own small business. They're figuring out how to make money on the internet. They're figuring out how to do it on a side hustle. And there, there used to be the saying, fuck you money, having enough money where yeah, you yeah, can yeah. basically say fuck off to anybody. Sure. This is fuck you at education. This is fuck you knowledge. This is, oh, I have the ability through technology and information to create my own sustainable income, and I don't need your company to do it. I don't need to go back to business to do it. And, I, and our government is so clueless around what's actually happening in the world when it comes to this stuff. They don't think for a second, all people will always go back to work. They'll always believe that bullshit. Oh, really? Now look what's happening. So now you have a huge depletion of the workforce and you don't have as many people working to move the things that right. are being able to move. There's truck drivers that are quitting. They're going, you're not paying me enough. I could go make more money doing something else. Yeah, that's... And they're not going. I, I heard, I don't, I can't verify this. You might be able to look it up on your computer. I heard that there were truck drivers that were being offered six figures plus in California to go to work to be able to move some of those freight and those containers out of those shipyards, right? That's unheard of, man. I mean, right, because you were in that game. I mean, you were in the truck driving game. You knew what it was like. Yeah. yeah, $20 an $20 hour. $20 an hour. Yeah, I, and they're offering upwards of six yeah. figure salaries to yeah. move stuff out of port. Yeah, six figures. Wow, that's insanity. It is. It's crazy to me that to think that, you know, the great resignation that they're calling it, where these people are leaving the workforce in droves, yeah. is a direct correlation to the awareness that came out of COVID-19 and people realizing, I no longer need to, work is no longer a physical place I need to go to. Right. I can do it right here, make more money, set my own hours, and do my thing from here. Now, here's my question. What happens to the people who go into that mentality. I know we're getting away from supply chain here for a minute. We'll come back. Get into that mentality. They start, you know, working from home and then they realize maybe it's not just as easy as they had thought. And, uh, what happens? Do they go back into the workforce? Like, because here's what I know. Everybody nowadays wants to be an entrepreneur, which is great. We love entrepreneurs. We work with entrepreneurs. The more there are, the merrier. But when they get into that game, it's not just, printing your own money unless you're committed, unless yeah. you're driven, unless you're going to stick your ass and put your you know, nose to the grindstone and get stuff done. There's a 
you know, security is a lie. Safety is a lie. People are going to need to buck, buck up, pull up your boots and get down to work. What happens to those people that get into this thinking, oh, I can do this. And then they're like, oh shit, this is a little more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Good question. So if you think back um, to the early 1900s, there were all kinds of people, especially when, when, when there was the the original surge of immigration that was coming into this country from Italy, Italy and Ireland and Poland and, and all this stuff, people would go out into the streets and they would have their little fruit stand, you know, and they would have maybe some homemade bread and some sure. apples and oranges and you know they would they make their own homemade sausages and they would sell all this stuff. What put those p- places out of business? The supermarket. Yeah, the grocery. Right. The 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 piggly wiggly. Yeah. Right. That's what put these those places out of business. People that could carry more produce, more stuff, and sell it cheaper than they could. So those people are out. This is no different today. So Mm -hmm. people are finding different ways of making money online. And some of it is, some of it's actually relatively easy, meaning that you don't have to have this huge education. You don't even have to be that business savvy to be able to do it. And there's places for you to be able to make money. Well, what business always does because of, of competition is that it, there will always be somebody who is um, uh, seriously looking for more opportunity, and they're watching what's happening with other businesses that are online. So they're looking for opportunities. And if they see opportunities to do something bigger, better, and cheaper, they can take over and find out a way to put you out of business overnight. Right. Now, we have we have some uh, some actual clients that that several years ago, when I say several years ago, probably not that long, maybe five years ago, they were making five figures a month selling stuff through Amazon. Sure. And then Amazon competed with them and put them out of business overnight. Their business was gone insane. overnight. So they were selling things like they could buy things in huge lots and sell it on Amazon and yeah. actually make a serious. And then Amazon undercut them with creating their own store where they can get the same amount with much less. And then there's free shipping. I mean, oh man, people are all over that shit. I'm one of them. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, that's interesting. So just like that overnight, that's scary. That's a scary proposition. Your business is gone. It's scary, but that's the business world. And And it really has always been the business world. It just happened slower earlier in history because things didn't move as fast. Now it happens faster. So... What does this mean for those people? What it means is this. Does it mean that that they're in something risky and they should get out? No, I don't think so. Does it mean that they're at, they're at risk um, if they don't learn to adapt? Yes, that's what, it, that's what it means. They're going to have to realize that they cannot think about what they're doing as, a, as they did their job. And this is, the, this, is the, this is the thing that they have to be, that they need to be warned about, right? So if they're, whatever, business that they're, whatever business that they're starting and they're doing, they have to look at it as a business. They have to look at it as a business person. If they look at it and trying to run it as a job, they will fall into a false sense of security as long as their little business is viable, but well, they'll wake up one day and it will be gone. Now, that can send a person into a panic, right? So that can cause all different kinds of problems uh, that, that could happen along the way. But it's not necessary because there's plenty of ways out there, especially with the internet, that they can learn about business, but they're going to have to study it, right? Because right. the information's not, it's not like somebody's going to say, hey, wake up to this, 
you know, pay attention. There's a, there's a company starting and looks like they're going to put you out of business at some point. If you don't pay attention, figure out a way to either buy cheaper or sell more or, or raise your prices or find a different market or your market is moving or changing or technology is going to put your sure. market out of business. You have to really consider what it is that you're doing. And I don't say that to scare people. I think it's great. Yeah. I love the idea that there's people figuring out ways to do what they love and not being stuck in dead-end jobs. But they do need to really wake up to the idea that they need to study business. They, it doesn't, they don't have to be like complicated, but they need to study how business works and they need to study whatever little industry they're in so that they can start to understand what it is why is it that it's viable now and that it might not be viable a year from now sure. or 10 years from now so that they're not caught unawares by it? They, they're really prepared to be able to do something. So I was talking to a bunch of people over the weekend and I said, listen, the, the idea is this. When you start a business, the tendency is, if you came from the working class, the tendency is to, to, to approach it like work like you went to work for your job. But you can't approach it that way. You need to think of it as a business, and there's a big difference. See, when a person goes to work at a job, when they leave their job every day, they're done. They don't care what happens after that. They're not, if they're, if they're making a widget or preparing something or doing a service, they don't really think about what happens if it's not there tomorrow. You know, not, not unless something's actually threatening them. They just go home they'll and do, just, do their thing. Or they'll find another widget at some other place to do it, right? It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But when you have a business, you've got to be thinking, right. what if this changes tomorrow? What if a law comes down that says I can't do what I'm doing or do it in the way that I'm doing? Or what if another company comes by and just sweeps the table because they can do it cheaper, they can do it faster, they can do it better? What if technology renders what I'm doing obsolete overnight? That happens every day. It does. Every single day that happens. So you have to be thinking from the perspective of, I need to always be thinking ahead of what's going on. And then there's the idea of this, to be able to do that and not be stressed by right. it. Right. Yes, exactly. So for some people, that is incredibly stressful. For me, it's not. I enjoy it. I like I like doing it. It does not, I don't find it stressful. I find it, I find it educational. Well, I love to learn. Exhilarating. I, I mean, it changes because you can get rutted. You can get stuck in your ways doing the same thing over and over and over again. And it's probably in those moments where you're not paying attention to what's on the horizon to allow for that, yeah. you know, pivot because yeah, you've yeah. been in this game a, a long, long time. time and you know, you've pivoted countless times. Right. You pivoted the second we heard about COVID-19. You've been continuing to pivot to stay ahead of it. Like that's the, that's the interesting thing about this is that, when these things come up, you have to be prepared of sorts. And if you're not paying attention, if you're just keeping your nose down and doing the same thing day in and day out, you're not going to see it coming. And then before you know it, right. you're out of business. You will be it's out insanity. Of business. Well, be. I did pull up a, a little uh, a, a little article here that I'm reading from that said that Florida truck drivers are being offered six-figure wages and bonuses up to $15,000 just to be able to go clear out some of these ports in the, you know, in the, in the Florida area. And this is happening all over the country, the East Coast ports. West Coast ports, you've got hundreds of cargo ships that are sitting out at sea that are loaded, stacked up with 20,000 yeah. cargo containers ready to be delivered. But the problem lies in the fact that there's not enough truck drivers to move them off of that lot. And what I found interesting, and I don't know, if, hopefully I got this right. I heard one woman speaking that said 95% of our goods come into the U.S. via shipping containers. Yeah. That blows my mind. I 
I guess I never really thought. I mean, I yeah. get that we have a huge import-export situation over here in the United States, but 95% of goods coming in come in a container. Yes. And yes. they're just sitting there right yes. now. And so, and so there's other issues with this. One is a lot of those, a lot of those things are perishable by the fact that they're sitting out in the ocean. Yes. Okay. Oh, totally. It's not like they're just sitting in a dry dock someplace. Right. They're sitting in the These ocean. These are not temperature-controlled units. They're not temperature-controlled and right. moisture-controlled, yeah. right? Yeah. So there's an issue there. Here's another issue that I just actually found out about I wasn't completely aware of. But there's even a, not, it's not a bigger percentage, but a, a very large percentage of cargo gets shipped on passenger airplanes. Really? And because so few people are actually flying today, it's not being shipped by airplanes. Oh, wow. So th it's even cut there. So the same amount of cargo is not actually moving as it would normally move. If you think about how many flights usually happen when we have normal right, times, right. a big part of the cargo that goes with those people is, a, yeah, a big part of the shipment with those individuals, the passenger plane is cargo that's being shipped, wow. right? There's a, it is loaded into the hull of that plane and, yeah. it, and it's shipped, but those are not flying. I had so, no idea. So they, yeah, they can't do it. So then this gets even worse because this trickles down, right? So I have some, some history of working with the railroad when I worked in the petroleum industry. The railroads are backed up. Railroads cannot move at the same way that anything else can move because you're on a track, right? okay? And it's 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 it was, it was interesting. And I don't know what it's like today because this is actually this is dating me. So this is thirty years ago <laughs> that I was involved with this. But I'll bet you it's not all that different because it is it is the railroad. So I used to go, I used to go deliver the fuel for Union Pacific Railroad uh, in Chicago, and they had a tower there in the rail yard. Looks like an air traffic control tower. When you go up there, they have these giant boards that show the train tracks all across the country. And it shows you where all the trains are on those tracks. So here's something that's interesting. So let's say we're in Chicago and I load up a train that's 150 cars long with those containers, sure. right? And I'm going to ship them out to North Platte, okay? There they go. They're going out to North Platte. So now they start to get close to North Platte. There's another train ahead of them, but there's nobody to take the cargo off that train. The one on the track behind them has to stop. Yeah. I can't send the one that's in Chicago because I got three trains on the track that can't go anywhere because there's nobody to take the containers off in North Platte. So that backs up in a horrible, it's it's even worse because you, you're on There's a only track. one way to go. There's no there's not off. multiple interstates that you're come right. into one general you spur. You can't take them off. It's not like you can back these things up. Yeah, instant, that's you know, true. They're they're miles long, these right. trains. I mean, it's Wow. So, so almost every every way that we ship is being slowed down, reduced, and stopped in many cases for a number of reasons. One, there's so much backed up. Two, you've got, and but now the other thing is that you have this you have this interaction between Taiwan and China that's a big problem because fifty percent of our chips get, are made in Taiwan, right? It's like the biggest distributor of chips. Right. Well, a lot of them go to China to be built into whatever, right? So now there's, China wants to take over Taiwan. Like they want to go to war and beef. take them over. Yeah. We're not getting the stuff that we're supposed to get from China. You just had an experience with buying a truck. Yeah, blew my mind. They told you mind. that there's thousands of trucks yes. that can't be sold, that they're sitting in parking. Where are they sitting? Tell me where they, they're sitting. So, so yeah, we just recently purchased a truck. Yeah, congrats to me. 
got my truck finally. Uh, yeah, this they, what they're doing is there's only a certain amount of chips that they have available. So let's say they have 100 chips. So they roll these vehicles off the off the assembly line yeah. with the chip. They take them into field. They, there's like acres and acres and acres of in just fields. farmland in fields where they put these trucks, they park them, they pull the chip out, bring them back to the manufacturing facility and crank out another 100 vehicles. And then they take those 100 vehicles, bring them out to the field, pull the chips, bring them back to the manufacturing. So there's just... Acres and acres and acres a of brand, brand new, new trucks. trucks sitting out in a field without a chip, waiting for these chips to be made. All the while, and they can't sell them without a chip. They can't right? sell them without a chip. So they their tires are getting you know Rotted. the elements. The mice are getting out of the field and up into the coils and all this other sort of stuff. So you've got these manufactured trucks, brand spanking new, that don't have a chip that'll never be sold. Unless they get chips. Yeah, and they're just going to disintegrate. And, and the poor guy who's in the business of selling vehicles has nothing to sell except for used inventories. That's why people are reaching out saying, hey, by the way, uh, we'll, we'll buy your car right now. We'll pay you more than what it's worth right now because we want to turn around and sell it to keep our people selling so that we can keep money moving. If I was in the vehicle I industry right now, I'd be scared shitless because if this chip thing doesn't get rectified, which right now it doesn't look like it's anytime soon. These people are just going to continue to have low inventory to sell and their way of making money sort of disappears. It blew my mind though, that he said these brand new vehicles are just sitting out in a field. He's like, there's fields all over the United States, just full of brand new vehicles that don't have chips in them because they're yeah, using the chip. Me the video of the one with the Unreal. Fords that were in there. But so so then that means that the price of these used vehicles is going to go through the roof. Oh, totally. People are Absolutely. like, by gold, like I need a car. Oh, exactly. Oh, you're, we're, we're all in for sort of an Armageddon of having to pay through the nose for things that we used to pay not as much for. Everything is going up. And that's one of the things that I, I was reading about with the supply chain, just the fact that they're passing this and First of all, we are in the business of we want it now. Yeah. Like Amazon Prime has taught me if I can't get it in a day or two days, it's not worth my yeah. time. And the reality is if now you have, have the it, overnight thing. Exactly. Two, four in the morning, exactly. Right? But now if you don't get your stuff ordered for like the holidays and stuff, I mean it's you might be opening up Christmas presents in March. <laughs> that's yeah. that's kind of how it is. And it's really interesting that it all boils down to there's plenty of materials there's just nobody to move the materials right. the railroad the 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 trucking the overland i mean those people are heroes yeah. i mean they, really they are like when i think of you know like uh steph's uncle dan who recently passed away he was a truck driver that's what he did he moved product across this country for 30 40 years yeah. you don't even give I, I usually curse them out when i'm driving down the road because they're zipping in and out of lanes and cutting me off and i'm like god damn it get out of the way these people are hugely important and we need them to move our stuff. They and are. if they don't, we're in deep shit. I don't know what to do. I, I just, it's really just fascinating that it's like one domino falls and another domino falls and all these things are interrelated. And we, you know, we do have COVID to thank for this, but also, like you said, there's a lot of awareness that comes out of this, this COVID-19 pandemic. We're learning uh, how the workforce yeah. is and how different it is. We're learning how supply chain can be uh, very, very fragile unless we really uh, pay much attention to I remember to when it. I was a kid, I was I, I was in the car. It was me and my brother, my mother, and my father. And I don't know if a truck cut us off or something, but my mother was complaining about trucks being on the highway. And this conversation started, and I was probably like nine years old or something. And, and my dad pointed out, he said, that there is nothing that we receive in this country that doesn't come to us by truck at some point. 
And I mean, just a, I was a kid, so yeah. I was just learning that. Sure. Right? But I remember thinking to myself, that that's amazing that everything is moved by a truck at some point, how necessary those vehicles actually are and the people that drive those things uh, actually yeah. are. Well, and I love the fact how they went through, like they talk about, like we were just recently down in Savannah, Georgia, huge port. They haven't even extended the bridge to allow bigger ships to come through. And one of the things that was interesting was they've got, you know, they can fit something like a ridiculous amount of containers on yeah. these ships yeah, yeah. and they bring them in. And then, so they, first of all, they have to have workers to get those boxes off of the vessel. Okay. That's a, that's a feat. Like they have these gigantic cranes, move those off. And then from there, they got to have truckers to take it to a warehouse to have it be sorted. So then it's gone through. And then another trucker has to come and pick that up and bring that to distribution centers. And then from the distribution center, that's when it's delivered to you, that's whether right. it's an Amazon fleet or all these other little tiny, smaller vehicles that are moving the truck. Yeah. So from the cargo ship till it gets to you, it's touched four or five different trucks before it even lands at your front door. That, I never even thought about that. Never even crossed my mind that it was this huge, it's a chain, it's called chain. a chain for a chain. reason, from one thing to the next. And man, if it's stuck at port or if it's stuck on that vessel and they can't get people to you know get it off the, the vessel into trucks and the trucks to the distribution and distribution to more trucks and then more trucks to you, you're in for a world of freaking hurt. And the other thing is, is that they have people trying to fix this that don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's, they have, that's, they have that's no, also true. They do not have any distribution or supply chain education whatsoever. And they're just saying, oh, like Biden's saying, we'll just have everybody at the port in uh, in California. Yeah, 24-7. We're running around the clock, 24-7. Yeah. Number that one, sounds, they can't. Exactly. Right? So, I mean, it's 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 really fascinating. Yeah, I just... It's going to get worse, T. It it's is. Get, well, that's what they said. Worse. They said that when the big question is, when are things going to get back to normal? And one, you know, economist and a guy who deals specifically with like over road logistics yeah. says end of second quarter next year, best case scenario. And that's, you know, without any government intervention, you know, that could be the best case scenario. But in reality, we know how this works. It's right. going to be much more than right. that. And, and with the other things that are happening in our country that, that people are furious over, you know, uh, it, everything is going to affect everything else. Yeah. This, this gentleman said, just make peace with the fact you're maybe not going to get the one thing you want. And you've been spoiled by getting that in the first place. Yeah. So you know what? You're going to have to deal with a different brand of gene than you're used to using. So right. what big friggin' deal? I mean, that's what it boils down to, but it blew my mind. I thought it was really interesting that you proposed to talk about this because I really wanted to understand more about how the things that are going on in the world now affect everything that we get. And when you start talking about what you learned as a young child from your dad about how everything we get comes from a truck or has been on a truck at one point in time. That's fascinating. So that's super cool. Yeah. I loved it. Well, thank thanks. And yeah. It's a great time for people to start a business. It's true. There's yes. so many opportunities for business out there. I keep telling people, I make you are in an any probably the biggest abundant time to start a business that we've ever seen that we've ever seen it's it's an economic gold rush if you think about what happened in it you is. know the 1800s with the gold rush people were dropping everything to go out and seek their stake their claim you can stake your claim right now from the comfort of your home office I get and bright, create a shiny object syndrome almost every day I want to start five new businesses because they see all these different opportunities yeah. I was talking with a with a friend of ours yesterday for like three hours. And we were talking about all these different businesses that could be started, like, and, and like, why don't I? Because it's not, it, I mean, it's not, I, it's fun to think about it. Sure. And you, the thing is, what's, what's really fun about it is that you can actually do it. 
you know. So there are some things that I'm looking at, but the the idea is that what's another thing that's fun for me is to realize that so many people have an opportunity right now. Like if they really want to step out, this is the time to do it. Yeah. You've got a chance to get out and get because it's not just getting out, you got to get a leg up. Right. If you can get out and get a leg up to where you're like you're financially okay to weather some rough times, you're in a much better position, right? It's when it's when people don't get a leg up that if when they hit a, a rough time, that's it's kind of hard to get through it if they're if they have not really trained themselves to think resourcefully because it's a skill set. It really is a skill set to be able it. to think that way. I love it. Yeah. I, hopefully, this inspires some people to do exactly get that. Get a truck, start hauling melons. Seriously, I mean, go down to Florida; <laughs> they'll hire you six figures right now. Six I figures, mean, baby. and those air ride suspensions are so damn comfortable. I rode in an RV a couple years ago. Damn, those things bounce nice. Well, you just got yourself a big rig. So I you did. Slow I got. Down. Yeah, I might go down to Florida this afternoon and see if they need me to haul any. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I can tow one of those big old trailers though. So, all yeah, right, this fun. is, yeah, this has been fun. Thank you. All right. Well, there you go. The supply chain. I had no idea the fragility that this takes and how it goes from the port to the trucks to more trucks. And then eventually on my doorstep. It really is important. Uh, it's just kind of an interesting conversation to have and to see how things are going. And most importantly, what a great time to start a business. David dropped some serious nuggets. If you liked this episode, leave us a comment down below. Tell us the ideas you're going through right now. And if you're considering starting your own business and what that business is and maybe how we can support you. We definitely want you to keep coming back to this channel for more conversations like this. Full Throttle Thursday, the beauty of it is you never know what you're going to get. And I kind of dig it. So uh, be sure to ring that bell down below and we'll see you on the next Successful Mind Podcast. We'll get a truck. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.